I was wrong about speed reading. Here are the facts. Written by Scott Young, January 2015. Seven years ago, I read some books and articles on speed reading and started practicing some of the methods. I found I was able to increase my reading speed from 450 words per minute to 900 in the drills. So I published an article entitled Double Your Reading Rate, which has since become one of the most popular ones on my website. But when I wrote the piece, I based it purely on my own personal experience, along with the how-to books I'd read. I didn't have any solid scientific evidence to back up my experiments. Now, since that time, I had some lingering doubts about speed reading. In addition to seeing some flickers of research that made me suspicious about speed reading programs, I had mostly stopped using the techniques I originally advocated for. My reading diet had switched from lighter self-help to denser and more academic writing, and that meant comprehension, not speed, was the bottleneck I was trying to improve. So now, nearly a decade later, I decided to do some in-depth research into speed reading to bring you the facts. Is it possible to read 20,000 plus words per minute? Some speed reading claims can be tossed aside immediately. Claims that you can read a book as fast as you can flip through a phone book are completely impossible on both anatomical and neurological levels. First, we have anatomical reasons to throw out the absurdly high reading rates. In order to read, the eye has to make a stop at a part of the text. This is called fixation. Next, it must make a quick movement to the next fixation point. This is called a saccade. Finally, after you jump a few points, your brain has to assemble all this information so you can comprehend what you've just seen. Eye movement expert Keith Rayner argues that even going beyond 500 words per minute is improbable because of the mechanical process of moving your eye. Fixing it and processing the visual information just can't go much faster than that. Speed reading experts claim that they can work around this problem by taking in more visual information in each socket. Instead of reading a couple words in one fixation, you can process multiple lines at a time. Now, this is unlikely for two reasons. First, the area of the eye which can correctly resolve details, called the fovea, is quite small, only about an inch in diameter at reading distance. Processing more information per fixation is limited by the fact that our eyes are rather poor lenses. They need to move around in order to get more details. This means that eyes are physically constrained in the amount of information they can achieve per fixation. Second, working memory constraints are at least as important as anatomical ones. The brain can hold about three to five chunks of information at a time. Parsing multiple lines simultaneously means that each of these threads of information must remain open until the line is fully read. This just is impossible with our limited mental RAM. Now what about systems like Spritz? Spritz works by trying to avoid the problem of saccades. So if each word appears in the same place on the screen, your eye can stay fixed on that point while words flip through more quickly than you could hunt them down on a page. Indeed, using the application gives a strong impression that you can read very quickly. Their website claims to have research showing faster reading speeds, but unfortunately I was not able to find any independent peer-reviewed work substantiating these claims. Working memory constraints here too enforce a limit on the upper speed that you could use with spritz and still be considered to be reading everything. Remember reading is a three-step process. Fixate, saccade, process. Well, that processing step slows down regular reading too. If there are no pauses in the stream of words, there isn't enough time to process them and they tend to fall out of working memory before they're comprehended. Now, is it possible to make moderate gains in speed through training? 
Now, the evidence is pretty clear. Anything above 5 to 600 words per minute is improbable without serious comprehension loss. My own perceived gain of 900 words per minute meant that I was probably losing considerable comprehension. This was masked because the books I was reading had enough redundancy built in to make following along possible with the impaired comprehension. However, according to Rayner, the average college-educated reader only reads at two to 400 words per minute. So if five to 600 words forms an upper bound, that does suggest that doubling your reading rate is possible, albeit within a somewhat smaller constraint range. So can we still get moderate speed reading gains? Now there seems to be some mild evidence in favor here of speed reading. One study of a course had some students quadruple their speed. Another study showed that speed reading experts reading around 600 words per minute roughly twice as fast as a normal reader. However, there's a trap here. Speed reading may make it possible to make you read faster, but it's not clear that the speed reading techniques are the cause. Second, speed reading trainees tended to read faster with less comprehension than non-speed readers. Since measuring comprehension is more difficult than speed, I believe many new speed readers can fall into the trap I did, believing that they're making an unqualified doubling of their reading rate when in reality they're doing so at a significant comprehension trade-off. Do speed reading techniques work? If the evidence suggests that reading faster may be possible, albeit more modestly, it casts a much harsher light on speed reading dogma. The most dangerous is the idea that subvocalization should be avoided to read faster. Subvocalization is the little inner voice you have when reading that speaks the words aloud. When you started reading, you probably spoke aloud with that voice, but you learned to silence it as you got older. If you turn your attention to it, however, you can still hear yourself making sounds of the words in your head. Now, some speed reading experts claim that subvocalization is a bottleneck that slows down your reading. If you can learn to just recognize words visually without saying them in your inner voice, then, the theory goes, you can read much faster. But here the evidence is clear. Subvocalization is necessary to read well. Even expert speed readers do it, they just do it a bit faster than untrained people do. We can check this because that inner voice sends faint communication signals to the vocal cords as a residue of your internal monologue, and those signals can be measured objectively. It's simply not possible to comprehend what you're reading and avoid using that inner voice. So reading faster means being able to use this inner voice faster, not eliminating it. To further that, expert speed readers who were studied also subvocalized, they just did it faster. The other main recommendation I made in my speed reading article was using a pointer. This means moving your finger or a pen to underline the text as you read it. Now this technique is supposed to make your eye fixations easier and reduce the random wandering of the eyes which can waste time. One study suggests that this apparent function isn't realized and the pointer functions as a pacing device while actual eye fixations are uncorrelated with the pointer or hand movements. So if you shouldn't speed read, how should you read better and faster? Well, in my research for this, I did find a couple factors that were associated with better reading speed without sacrificing comprehension. Now, none of these are magic fixes for your reading woes, but a mild treatment that works is better than a fantastic one that doesn't. Tip number one, skim before you read. Many speed reading courses are actually teaching skimming techniques, even if they package it as reading faster. Skimming is covering the text too fast to read everything fully. Instead, you're just selectively picking up parts of the information. Skimming isn't actually a bad method, though, provided it's used wisely. One study found that skimming a text before going on to reading it improved comprehension in the majority of cases. 
Tip number two, improve your fluency to improve your speed. Fluent recognition of words was a major slowing point for readers. Subvocalization, that mythical nemesis of speed readers, is slower on unfamiliar words. So if you wanted to speed up reading, learning to recognize words faster seems like it would improve your reading speed. Fluency isn't just an issue for reading in your non-native language. It also matters for technical documents or prose which uses unfamiliar vocabulary. If I'm reading a text that uses jargon like mRNA or obscure words like synecdoche, I'm going to pause longer. That will slow my reading down. The best way to improve fluency is just to read more. And if you read more of a certain type of text, you'll learn those words faster and read better. If you're a non-native or fluency significantly impacts your reading speed, then even a tool like Anki may be useful for learning and mastering hard words in the vocabulary. Tip number three, know what you want before you read it. Part of the reason skimming might first appear to be helpful is it allows you to map out a document. Knowing how an article or book is structured then allows you to pay more attention to things that you think are probably going to be important. Another tip offered in a lot of speed reading courses, which is likely good advice, is to know what you're trying to get out of a text before you read it. Thinking about this before you start reading allows you to prime yourself to pay attention when you see words and sentences that are related. Even if you're reading at a speed which has some comprehension loss, you'll be more likely to slow down at the right moments. Now this isn't always possible. I read a lot of books unsure about what I want to discover in them. Fiction and reading for pleasure can't be reduced to a mission objective. However, a lot of bland, necessary reading in our lives fits this type. Speeding it up might be worthwhile if it leaves us more time for reading with curiosity. Tip number four, deeper processing tasks to improve retention. Now, sometimes you don't want speed at all. You want near full comprehension. When I was in school, I needed to read most textbooks in a way that I could retain nearly every fact and idea I encountered later. It's not just full comprehension you want, but long-term memory of the information. Here, cognitive science offers some suggestions. A principle of memory is that we remember what we think about. So if you want to remember the ideas of a book, highlighted bolded passages isn't the best idea. Highlighting causes you to think about the bolded words and not what they mean. Some alternatives are taking paraphrased, sparse notes, or rewriting factual information you want to remember as questions to self-quiz later. So in conclusion, I was wrong. Subvocalization shouldn't be avoided. Doubling your reading rate may be possible from a lower range, so 250 to 500 words per minute, for example, but it's probably impossible to go much beyond 5 to 600 words per minute and still get full retention. Now, speed reading may have some redemption as an alternative to skimming text, but even here, benefits come from how speed readers conceptually organize the text and not on the mechanics of eye movements. In terms of accuracy, my original article hasn't aged too well. In some of my earlier courses, I still taught speed reading, but I'd already shifted mostly to the speed reading as intelligent skimming paradigm, which is at least a little bit more defensible. Still, I'll be sure to include this research in any new courses that I end up developing. I apologize to any readers who may have gotten outsized hopes about what speed reading could accomplish. My goal is always isn't to present a fixed dogma of what it takes to learn better, but to research and experiment with new ideas. And unfortunately, sometimes that's a path with dead ends or winds back on itself. In any case, I'll always do my best to share whatever I find with you. Thanks for listening to this episode. More episodes like this can be found by searching for Scott H. Young Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Overcast, and most other podcasting apps available on your smartphone. 
If you've enjoyed this episode, please consider rating my show as it helps other people find out about it. More of my work can be found at my website, scotthyoung.com. Thank you.